welcome to Stop, Hack, and Roll, a podcast about sleeping through the first half of the episode and waking up in a fever dream of wrestling mice. I'm Brandon. And I'm James. And today I'll be giving you a quick primer on copyright law before we dive into a new revision of Luchadoraton. So we hit a Patreon goal. We know did. We, don't, we haven't we haven't talked about our Patreon in a long time, but we hit a Patreon goal. We all did. of a sudden. I'm, I'm so pumped. Yeah, so we hit 150. And actually, I think that more importantly to me um, than the 150 goal um, is that. <laughs> I thought which you is, said. Is, I thought you said 150 gold for a second. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but is we the have potion we received more. I think almost more important than the 150 dollars a month goal is that there are 50 people backing us oh now, wow which is kind of crazy that's amazing thank you all so much for doing so yeah and so that means that we are gonna have to do or not have to do we are going to we want to do and you have unlocked a live stop hack and roll and <laughs> so we will um we're going to well maybe it'll be i don't know if it'll be in the next one or the one after because we have to kind of like figure out how to actually do it um but we'll find a We'll, we'll announce when we're going to do it. It'll probably be Monday night because that's <laughs> how we roll. Uh, maybe it won't be. Maybe it, maybe will. it won't be. It will be. We'll see. We'll be. Uh, and we'll and we'll basically we'll live stream the whole uh, the whole like op- like the stuff we do to get ready uh, and the banter we do before we start hitting record. So you get to see some of that. Um, Pippin and then freaking we'll, out because he hears James's voice. Yep, Pippin freaking out. Um, you'll get all like the whole live recording experience, and you can see sort of how tightly or or not tightly we record this podcast. Uh, and then I will also continue and live edit the podcast, which is much faster now than when I think I set this goal. But and it um, will be uh, it'll be brought to you by WeWork. Uh, we'll be in a wonderful WeWork studio. No, unfortunately no? not. Is that not how it's happening? No, I don't think so. Okay, well then but, uh, we'll be in a crummy WeWork studio. Yeah, yeah, our homes, <laughs> our homes. <laughs> but uh, so we hopefully it'll be pretty cool. Us. It's very sad, but then, it's very happy then, that you then, all supported and, us. And then we begin. We begin the path oh, to no. two hundred. What's a two hundred? At two hundred. Uh, oh, 200 is actually pretty easy. 200 is we <laughs> hang out with the Protean City cast and do some question and answer stuff about oh, where, okay. like, how Protean City is recorded, how we come up with stuff, how we do the thing, um, and some behind-the-scenes stuff. I don't know. I know, like... Um, I feel like people are probably more interested even in the narrative questions. Yeah. Right? Like I don't the, know who will get, because well, people are com- are beginning to get busy with... Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but we'll we'll get people and and we'll do that and then and then long term three hundred. That's when we do the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon po- uh, show podcast. Oh my god, the one that I really want to do. Yeah, because I Brandon needs to see this. I have a question for you, James. Should it be mm-hmm. the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon or should it be my hero Academia? Yeah. I think that it should be the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon show because I think that is okay. a limited, like it's a it's a sh- much shorter run. So, oh, okay. to to save you on some some sleep and everything, perfect, uh, and to make it as li- least painful for you as possible, um, I think that that will be the way to do it. Okay, sounds good. Um, so that I'm able to be home for my upcoming baby. <laughs> not not that watching the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon show won't be painful to you. Oh no, because I'm... trust me, it's awful. <laughs> 
In it's awful in all of the best ways. <laughs> okay, I'm good. I'm glad to hear it'll still be painful for me. That's mm-hmm, nice to mm-hmm. hear at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So perfect. Please, please tell your friends about Patreon, our Patreon, <laughs> and Patreon in general, uh, and and uh, bring them on board. I spent a lot of time telling my friends about Patreon. Actually, yeah. Like I have had a conversation with everybody at my work where they they asked how it is that I do this thing, and I said, <laughs> well, because of Patreon, it's this thing that. And go through the whole spiel. A couple um, of them followed me on YouTube, and it's really weird because they'll be like, "Oh, I saw you posted a video," and I'll be like, "Why?" It's still really weird that I, when I flip through through uh, through YouTube and I see like people that I've been following for years, and then also your face just in the middle of them. It's 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 very cool and and awesome. Uh, I just finished Basic Moves today, nice. which will mean nice. that it tomorrow, yesterday rather, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, let's get to it. Let's just get to it because I think we have a lot to get into this episode. I'm um, so upset about the first topic. I know. Yeah. But we got to do this because so we talked about checking in with the community and things that come up in the in the community. So this is the thing we have to talk about. Yeah. Copy, which I I am excited to talk about, but you are not excited to talk about. No. It. So you don't no. have to talk about it at all. I will just give a spiel on it. Um, no, we, I'll talk to. We we can't we, so the the topic of copyright law and fair use came up, and <laughs> and so and I think that this is important because like this is a hacking podcast. Yeah, it's actually kind of phenomenal that we haven't hit this topic m- more like earlier than this because people have been clamoring for it. <laughs> well, but also it's it's an important part of it. Like your take fundamentally, like so we talk about a lot of game design. Yeah, but, but at the heart of hacking is taking somebody else's thing and making it something different. Yeah. And that runs into copyright law. Yeah. And so, so, so yeah, that is, it is a fundamentally important thing. And it is something that, that is something to consider as a game designer. And, uh, there are some really interesting things going on with it right now, actually. Um, mm-hmm. with all of the tiny game jams, not, not mm-hmm. the tiny game jams specifically, but yeah. all of the small game jams that are all happening all the time. Uh, which by the way, uh, our new, Pod pod partner. I, I can't call the. I can't call Taylor our podner because pod you're my associate? podner. Pod associate, <laughs> pod friend, uh, network. Our network. Uh, our network friend. I see. The problem is that all the friend pal buddy stuff <laughs> sounds too unprofessional. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't want to call Taylor anything other than a close dear friend that I care about very much. <laughs> um, he just put out a video on how to do your own game jam. Uh, nice. I've, I've got it saved in my watch later cause I just didn't have the time, but I'm like so excited. I'm watching it tonight while my video, uh, while my video encodes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's get through this as fast oh, as possible. I promise. But so what I was saying is with all of those game jams, everyone is doing lasers and feelings hacks because mm, lasers yeah. and feelings is a super, super easy thing to hack. Cause it is mm-hmm. basically choose two stats, come up with what? 18 cool things and you're yeah. done. And uh, and that is specifically a game that is released under a license that says that you're not allowed to sh- to sell hacks of it. So there's been some some controversy and some dust ups and some some talk about fair use and Creative Commons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So um, we have to start with copyright law. Okay. <laughs> sort of broadly. Oh, and I and I think we should start this all with. Uh, hopefully, this is obvious. But neither Brandon nor I are lawyers. No. So if you are talking about seriously selling a game or if you have feel like you have run into um, some of the weirder parts of copyright law, just do you know that we I could be wrong. 
Yeah. I am a, I'm a talented amateur, but I'm not a professional. And I'm a talentless amateur. Um, so big picture, because this is, I think this is the way to do this. Okay. Uh, copyright law in the United States, and this is also, also very U.S. specific, because I'm not familiar with copyright law outside the United States. But copyright law inside the United States is a way for people to protect their creative works. And so... You can copyright writings, uh, specifically creative writings. You can copyright videos, uh, animations, artwork, uh, photography, all sorts. Anything that you do that you create, for the most part, you can copyright. And what that says is that you own it and, and people have to ask you before they can use it. Tweets? Um, that's, that's a, that's an edge case. Let's not get into that. That's an edge case. I think the answer is probably no, but, uh, that's, but don't, don't quote me on that. So really where, so this is like, so this is where like, if you want to use the Wendy's logo or, or here we go. If you want to use the Olive Garden logo on your LARP, (laughs) let's say, um, you probably can't do that because the, the Olive Garden logo is copyrighted by, Olive Garden. Yeah. Uh, and also specifically the Olive Garden logo is also probably trademarked by Olive Garden. And so it's a whole different set of things. Um, and so you have to ask them first before you can use it. And if they don't respond on Twitter, you're just screwed. Yeah. Um, Even if and tons so, and tons of people send messages to Olive Garden. Yes. So there is one, like, here's where, like, this is why I have to talk about this first. So um, there, there are a couple different sort of, like, ways around copyright. Which is the, the first of which is ask the person who owns the copyright for permission. If they grant you permission, then you can use their thing. Okay. There are some educational copyright loopholes. Like if you are in education, sometimes you can do some things. If you're if you're using it for educational purposes, uh, I know a lot of the films that I watched in film school. Like technically, you're not allowed to broadcast or like um, you're not allowed to show a movie to a large group of people. Because right. it, it breaks the copyright. But if you're yeah. doing it for educational purposes, you can. If you are doing it, and then and then there's a whole bunch of things that fall into, and that and that sort of also does falls into fair use. Um, fair use is important because it's the way that copyright doesn't cover things. If you are a journalist and you are using somebody's words or creative works uh, to comment on them because they are newsworthy, that falls under fair use. If you are me all the time, if you're using so it for. You're so new with newsworthy. Um, if you are using it for um, uh, educational purposes or nonprofit purposes, sometimes you can get around some fair use things. Um, if you're generally, using it illegally and just not telling anybody, you can get around fair use. That's not really no. Um, so <laughs> big picture, the way here's a way to know like. Because because copyright is a kind of a little bit of a weird thing, and also it's like it, it's reactive. Like the the copyright owner has to claim that you are. It's a it's a, the copyright owner. It's on the it's on the copyright owner to tell you to stop. Really, that's how this kind of works. So fair use is a defense, and the things that go into that are like. Um, is it is what you're doing nonprofit? Is what you're doing non-commercial? Are you is it educational? Or have you dramatically in some way transformed the work? If okay. you have added a lot of creative of your own to it, sometimes that's enough to, to trigger fair use. Which is um, what uh, the claims are with like a lot of the like red bubble t-shirts and things like yeah. that. that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, like the t-shirt I'm wearing right now, which is nice. definitely the X-Men logo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's, but it's, 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 it's transformative. And it's, so it's probably fine. 
Okay. Um, the the nature of the work that you're that you're that you're using is also uh, plays into it. If it's a purely creative work, you're gonna have a harder time. If it's a more like a factual work, like if someone has written a uh, biography, like the facts of somebody's life are not copyrightable, so you're more likely to get around with fair use. The amount of it you use, if you only use a small chunk of the work, if you only quote it or something like that, um, you're or if it's peripheral to the work like if, if you're if what you're using from the work is not the core of the work if you use like the skyline from somebody's picture when it's a picture of a bench then it, you're maybe more likely to trigger fair use okay. um and then the bigger one and the one that people talk about a lot is the effect on the market so like nobody is looking at the shirt that brandon is wearing because this is a podcast but i am looking at the shirt but no but, but in the broader <laughs> sense no one is looking at the shirt that brandon is wearing and going that is going to confuse people away from buying an x-men shirt because it says a different word and and it's clearly a reference to something different from the x-men so if but if but if you were if you were, if someone had used that font to make a shirt that said X Men spelled E X Men yeah then, that's... then that might be like there you're clearly or if it was the X it was, literally was X Men but with a different font then that could you could say they're trying to like ride the coattails of the thing and like just delude the market to make right. it like if when when people like this is a terrible example because I don't think Banksy really like. Um, copyrights their work but like if, so, if someone is an artist and you try to copy their art yeah you are trying to like put your work into the public view as though it were this other person's work that's not good right um, that's, and that's where the transformative comes in because you're basically like setting up a funnel that takes some of their money and puts it into your money yes cool so if what you're doing is like clearly not trying to pretend it's somebody else's work you're more likely to be able to use it Cool. Here's the next layer underneath this, because it's very specific to what we talk about a lot. Game mechanics. You cannot copyright game mechanics. Um, so the concept of rolling a dice or a table, those are all things that are just sort of public knowledge. They're in the public domain. You cannot copy that. Right. The sort of addendum to that is <laughs> you apparently, you can apparently patent them. If you're Wizards of the Coast... If you are a large company, sometimes you can get away with some shenanigans. Like, for example, Wizard of the Coast has patented the concept of tapping or turning a card sideways. There's there's actually, it's, it's specifically the direction you turn it, I think. Yeah. I vaguely remember that. And I like, think it's the little logo, too. Like, they definitely yeah. have the, the, that patented or they have that copyrighted. Um, I remember so, reading a thing once where someone was saying, like, it was very important that our rules say that you turn it to the left. Because yeah. if we turned it to the right, we'd be breaking international copyright law. And I and I think I think that um, they have. Um, I want to say they trademarked like the D lowercase D twenty. Yeah, I think so. It's part of their trademark, so you can't talk about like D something or specifically the D twenty in that way. That's because they named their system that basically. Yeah. Yeah. So. So you can't copyright game mechanics, but you can copyright game text and game images. Right. So the actual words that describe the the attacking mechanism, like how you re resolve an attack, the actual words in the player's handbook, you cannot use. They are copyrighted. The, the mechanic of roll a d20 and add a modifier, that you can use because it's not copyright. That's a game mechanic. That's right. kind of where the line is. Okay. So, like, if I am writing Pasiones de las Pasiones, 
I cannot crack open Urban Shadows and take uh, yes. a paragraph from it. Well, <laughs> that might... I don't know what license Urban Shadows has, so I possibly do. you can. I can't for Urban Shadows. That was actually going to allow me to segue okay. us into the next thing, unless you need yes. to stay here longer. No, no, no. That's what I want to talk about next. Because I could do that from Masks. Because Masks probably has a Creative Commons license. Yeah, it does. Do you know which one it has? No, I don't. But I do have the Masks book in front of me. So let me just okay. grab this. It's it's uh, page two. The entire text of Masks is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. Cool. Which brings us to Creative Commons. And so I want to talk about that a little bit before we get to what that specific license means. Okay, good, because I don't um, know what that specific getting, license means. It's also getting very long, so i got to brush through this quickly. Okay. So creative, so, so creative, so basically fair use and, and copyright and all of the stuff we just talked about, that is the law of the United States. And, okay. and also I think it's important to mention that for the most part, uh, some maybe some recent case law aside, if you write something or create something or make something, it's copyrighted. You don't have to do anything. You may have to like actually file for a copyright to defend it, but okay. generally you have that copyright. Um, but the thing I said at the very top, which which is if you want to use someone else's work, the easiest way to get permission is to ask the person who owns the copyright, and then they will either let you or sell it to you or whatever. But like if I make something, I can grant you use of my property. Creative Commons is a is a legal framework for automatically granting permissions to people so everything that creative commons does falls under the scope of regular copyright law nothing in creative commons is more aggressive than regular copyright law so like creative commons does not let you copyright game mechanics it can all it is limited by like at the top like the highest most restrictive creative commons license can only be as restrictive as United States copyright law. So if it that looks is like the a law creative, that it's based off of. So if it looks like a Creative Commons license is making something more stringent than basic copyright law, then it isn't. Yeah. Okay. Specifically, it probably can't do that because yeah. like the Creative Commons organization uh, writes these blocks of text for you and they come in like different levels. There's like the little like buttons you see, the, the, the stickers you see on the books and, and, and works, the, um, the uh, copyright or the there's like there's the, the thing that you just read is a, is a block that's provided by the Creative Commons license. And then there is like some paragraphs of legalese that describe what all these things mean. Yeah, it had a link after it. But I wasn't going to read a URL. Basically, Creative Commons is broken down into three different things. Attribution, um, share alike, and commercial. Those are like the three basic level, like things, attributes that um, that a Creative Commons license can have. Whether something is attribution or, or non non attributive or whatever, which, which shows up in the license as buy or no buy, which is sort of saying if it is 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 an attribution license like the masks license is, mm-hmm. then you have to tell whoever like on your game you have to ex- describe where the license came from or where the thing came from. So if I make a, a hack of masks, I have to say in my book that the game I hacked was masks. Okay, that makes sense. That, that um, seems yeah. like a kind, respectful thing to do in, in any case. Yeah, yeah. most people share with attribution licenses. Some people have put out some, like, especially people who make things for educational purposes. Yeah. They release stuff as not buy because they don't care. Right. They're just, they're making stuff for you to use. Um, the other big one is commercial versus non-commercial, which sort of says you can hack my thing and sell the thing you make, 
or not do that. And so in this case, the masks license is not not commercial. So you are allowed to make a hack of masks and then um, and then sell it if you want. Okay, that totally makes the, sense. And then the final thing is share alike, which is sort of saying, do you have to include a similar license? So mm. I actually think that um, I have to go double check this, but I'm pretty sure we released this podcast under a Creative Commons uh, att- attributive by share alike license. Meaning okay. if you want to use clips from this podcast, you are allowed to do that as long as you tell people where you got those clips and you release your thing under a similar license. So someone could take our words that we've recorded in this podcast and auto-tune them and put out a hot track and sell yes. it. Yes. And that would be fine as long as other people could then hack that yes. hot track. As long, yes. As long as they allowed people to do the same. Okay. Um, if if it wasn't share alike, then they could say they could take our words, make that hot tune, sell it, and then say you can you can uh, hack my thing, but not sell that's the the the, right. mi- the remix of that song. Yeah. So so that's kind of how that works. Okay. Cool. Um. So so this is let, let me back up one quick thing and just say so because like this is be, it, why this is important that this is falls under the category of regular copyright law is that what that means by hack or or um make a derivative work or a transformative work or whatever of masks is literally using the words or pictures in the masks book okay not the game mechanics because again game mechanics cannot be licensed they belong to everyone and so what so for example the pa- the power by the apocalypse engine or the yeah. forged in the dark engine or um those are the two big ones that i feel comfortable saying are creative commons they have creative commons attribution um licenses that allow you to sell things so long as you use their like as long as you as long as you um as long as you like share it alike i think uh, or not in, in this case of masks but the thing that they offer is they're offering you game text so like the the powered by the or like the by the blades in the dark SRD, yeah, like it, get, it literally gives you the words of the rules. You can write your own words to describe those rules and use those rules if you, you want don't have to. to. But you don't have to because they're saying okay. just use our rules. Cool. As long as you are willing to put the powered or like the forged in the dark license on your book, you can just use their rules, their words, their pictures. Which saves you a lot of, a lot of time, yes. Time. And potentially some hassle, because potentially, yeah. if you don't change the words enough, or you describe mm-hmm. them in too similar way, you can get yourself into some trouble. And so yeah. they're saying, here is the way to just like, basically thinking of Creative Commons as a way of, of automatically granting permissions to people. It's like a waiver system, basically. If you follow these restrictions, then you can just use this stuff I created. So that's kind of that. I remember this when went, Brendan was helping me with some really like dry parts of Passion. He was saying to me, like, look at these other books, look at how these other books do it. And if you are copying any sections, copy it for masks. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So that went really, that went much longer than I intended to. Okay. But I think it's important to think about this because I think that like, this is what came up in the conversation about lasers and feelings, which is that lasers and feelings has a non-commercial license. Yeah. A creative commons license. So they're saying you can use it and it, I believe it has to, it's a share alike, and then you can't use it uh, commercially. 
Yeah. So like we're gonna after we finish this talk, we're gonna talk about Luchadora Tone, which previously had been a lasers and feelings hack, and we were never able to sell it because it's a non it's a non commercial license. And so we got into this conversation of because lots of people in these game jams are making lasers and feelings hacks of is that true? Is that really the way this law works? And the more that I look into it, and the more that we talk to people, and and again, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't know that that's true. Yeah. I, there's two big, there's kind of like this big movement in games of even if you make a small game, it is worthwhile to sell it. Uh, mm-hmm. Games are worth money and people should pay for them. And that really runs up against this kind of older, older indie idea of like, these games shouldn't be sold. And this is like, you know, punk rock DIY Stuff and, also, and don't the, don't commercialize, or that you might make a series of small games and hand them out for free as a way to advertise yourself. Yeah, to and the, like, for the big game that you are ultimately, obviously going to make. Yeah, and you live like, in a world where you might just make a bunch of small games. Yeah, and there's plenty of people that don't ever want to make a big game. Like, yeah, and like I'm not going to get into big things of where you make your money. Uh, yeah, but uh, I think there definitely are some philosophical differences in terms of people that think that games are just all free and yeah. shouldn't be sold and game people that think that work should be paid for. But so again, not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. Brandon's not a lawyer, but if you wanted to use the mechanic of a roll high or lower than a number system, yeah, but not literally use the words from lasers and feelings, you are probably okay to do that. Especially given that there's a ton of games before lasers and feelings that have all of the mechanics of lasers and feelings. Yeah. Like now. Yeah. Should you just rip off a game and not like give attribution to it? Probably, probably not. not. Um, That's right. Um, would we like to see someone release a system like rules, light system, like game, like lasers and feelings and say, use it for commercial use. Would we like to see John Harper maybe amend that license for that game and say use it for commercial use i know i definitely would yeah but and also please don't be like hey at john harper no absolutely <laughs> not we'll put you on blast that's I'm, his I'm, prerogative he can do that if he wants yeah he, it's, uh, it's within his copyright yeah ah yeah, um so it just means that it's on us as game designers to make alternative systems which is ultimately oh, hey. some of what the co- the copyright law is there to do it's yeah. to f- try to encourage creativity yeah, And so I think let's finally get into the second half of this episode <laughs> and actually talk about some game design. I'm sorry if that was a little dry. I think it's important. And I, and I know we had a big conversation and a lot of confusion about it. Yeah. And if you want to keep talking to me about it or like um, Randy Lubin has a friend uh, who works for the Creative Commons organization and is able to get some questions through to her. Uh, and so come talk to us. Come ha- continue the conversation in our Discord. Yeah, there's been a ton of discussion about it. And it's some really, really good stuff. So speaking of making Luchadoraton a game that is perhaps not based off of Lasers and Feelings. Oh, oops. I've heard, I've heard <laughs> that you've been doing some thinking about this. I have been. Um, so I have been wanting to get Luchadoraton out of Lasers and Feelings for a while, in part because I Lasers and Feelings is functional, but it's not really my kind of game. We also hit some things that, like, we never, like, we never really got the assisting mechanic, I yeah. think, to a place that I really loved it. 
Yeah, and the, the assisting mechanic was definitely way above and beyond what lasers and feelings already provided. Uh, because because I was trying to make it more transformative. Yeah. Uh, but like But also because that was a thing we wanted for the story. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um and so I have kind of a a new take. I still want it to be a one page RPG if I can manage it. Okay. Um but I want to set it up a little bit differently. Okay. So tell me about it. Yeah, so first off, uh it's vertical now. Okay. So definitely John Harper can't sue me. Um <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry a lot of salt is just slipping through this um i'm sure john harper is super super nice and i know a lot of people that really that no one really like john harper he and i have never had any interactions and qu- yeah and, and like, quite frankly the the blades in the dark license is much better oh it's way better it's a much better license um that like is way better for the community has done much more for the community than lasers and feelings license has uh Although, Lasers and Feelings has done so much for game design, if I'm being real. Yeah. Um, let's move on from, putting that, from that. <laughs> Let's just move on before I get myself in trouble. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I'm picturing... You know those um, those wrestling posters? Yes. Let me first off say what Luchadoraton is. Luchadoraton is a compound word that I've created as oh, a joke. so good. Of luchador, uh, meaning like a, a fighter, a wrestler, um, and raton, which is mouse. <laughs> and so this is like... In that kind of red wall vein, but of the, or like mouse guard sort of feel of these like tiny little mouse that have huge problems and like go and deal with it and like fight with honor for victory and glory and everything like that. But instead of being like deeply set in medieval tropes, it's instead from luchadors, right? Uh, And so it had been set up that you have your two sides of luchador and raton and you still do. Yeah, and this was specifically. I want to also say for for our newer listeners, this was like ep- from episode seven, I think, oh um, and it was it was from like way back in the very beginning of this podcast. Yeah, and Brandon was in like a really big red wall. I mean, not that you're not in a very big wall mouse phase, but you were in a particularly th- uh, particular, in a particular really height of that phase. And I was watching a lot of luchador wrestling, and so this was there are like let's find a way to make a game that meets in the middle. This is the weirdest podcast. Uh, I love it, though. <laughs> I love this Me game. Too. It's so good. I love this game, too. So uh, uh, picture like a wrestling poster mm-hmm. um, that has like the two sides kind of coming together, right? And so on one side, you've got your mask stuff. And on one side, you've got your mouse stuff. Um, n- amusingly, ma- mask and mouse works nicely in English, yeah. just like Lucha Raton works together uh. in one sentence for the other. It's like it was meant to be. <laughs> And what I've kind of done, because I have to, is I've moved towards a little bit of a move structure. Okay. Still just two moves. And so basically what you have is you have a pool of dice that you're designating some of those dice as your mask dice and some of your those dice as your mouse dice. Okay. So like let's... I haven't looked at numbers at all. I have crunched zero numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you still thinking say, D6s? I'm thinking still D6s. It's okay. easy. Everyone has D6s. Um, but if the pool is seven, let's say, mm-hmm. um, that's split between mouse and mask, you choose the amount that are which, blah, 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 blah. And the way that it works is when you channel the power of your mask or when you use the wisdom of your, of your nest, you roll with luchador or raton. And on a five or a six, you choose an option. 
And so the mask move, the mask options are different from the mouse options. Okay. Does that make so sense? That's, so that's one move? It's basically like each of the moves are structured the same. Okay. When you trigger, right? Channel the power of the mask. Uh, use the wisdom of your nest. So it's kind of a move. Sorry. So just, I'm just going to keep interrupting. So it's kind of a move that has two triggers. It's basic. It's kind of two moves. It's two moves with the same structure, essentially, okay. because they have different results. Also, okay. Um, but like basically, I'm trying to make the most pared down version yeah, that yeah, I can yeah. possibly make of it. Um, and so you'll either roll. It's basically when you do mouse stuff, roll mouse. When you do mask stuff, roll roll mask. Uh, for each five or six, you choose one of the options. Uh, and again, have not looked at numbers. Yeah. It might end up being for each five or six, you get a hit and like over a certain, you have to hit a certain amount mm-hmm. in order to get past the obstacle at all. And then you get bonus options, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So for mask, currently I have uh, smash through an obstacle, impress or surprise someone, perform a feat of strength or daring, keep someone for harm and create a path for an ally. So if you're doing... I love that one. Yeah, because I want this. I want the game to feel very much connecting with your other mice, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, the idea would be that in the same lasers and feelings way, you choose your two different sides, and then you're going to be changing how you've populated the lists of options. Um, for uh, Raton, for H five or six, wriggle free of bonds, comfort or calm someone. Uh, Perform a feat of speed, keep yourself from danger, and create something beautiful. So, like, it's much more like... Last one on both sides is so good. (laughs) So, like, the intention is that Mask is about protecting people and, like, like protecting and fighting and having honor and all that. Mm -hmm. And Mouse is about helping people grow and protecting yourself. You okay. can't protect yourself with mask because that's not what mask is about. And you can't protect other people with mouse, mm-hmm. but you can comfort them yeah. and things like that. Uh, on a miss for both of them, they have a shared miscondition, uh, which I'm still kind of working out a little bit, but I've got okay. a list of things. Uh, on a miss, uh, gain one purpose and get put in a bad spot and choose one or yeah, I think choose one. I think I think it's better if the player chooses because I want this to be like nice and loose and quick. Mm-hmm. Get put in a bad spot. Your opponent gains ground. Lose something important. Take a bad hit, and let the GM define a shtick, or def- let the GM define a shtick. Uh, which is something important is like letting the player choose what important thing they I lose. I love that. It's so good. Me too. Um, alternately, if you have failed, you can ask for a tag team. Uh, so a teammate can spend a purpose to roll their opposite stat. Okay. If they bring you above the challenge, like if they bring you to a hit, mm-hmm. or if they bring you above the challenge rating, if I end up having challenge ratings, mm-hmm. uh, then they fill one of your shticks. And the shticks are uh, basically like uh, like the options from the newborn from masks. Okay. That it is like a space that tells you, like, I am terrified of blank. I fight against blank. I fight for blank. And basically, because it's intended to be a one-shot, you choose one of your sticks at the beginning. If you get a whole bunch of 
purpose without spending it. You get to define one of your own shticks because you define who you are. But if things go poorly, the GM is defining them for you. Okay. And if your friends are helping you, then your friends are defining them for you. I love that. I don't know if I want the shticks to be just like a written in thing mm-hmm. or if I want them to be more mechanical. I kind of am leaning towards making them mechanical. That like, it's like, you know, I am terrified of snakes. And so if you use mice in relation, if you use mouse in relation to snakes, then you roll with one extra dice. Uh, and they should all be like little nice bonuses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm at so far. I don't know if I'm going to keep that like little mini advancement system. Mm-hmm. I don't know how effective or important it is. Yeah. So I like, so two things that are jumping yeah. out at me. Um, in order to, ass- you said in order to assist someone or to tag team, you yeah. have to spend a purpose. Yes. In order to- and in order to get a purpose, you have to have yourself failed. Yes. In so basically, so that will, oh, that is, so that is good because that will mean that characters early in an adventure will fail mm-hmm. and gain purpose. Mm-hmm. And then as the adventure progresses, they will suddenly have more purpose and come together as a team. And if oh, they don't so spend their purpose, if they don't work together, then they get to define something about themselves, but they spend all of their purpose. Like basically, if you hit three or four or five, I don't know what the number is going to be. If you, I probably, maybe three. If you hit three purpose, mm-hmm. you failed three times in this little one shot, then your purpose drops to zero. Yeah. And you've defined yourself in some way. Mm. So like, okay. like it's kind of like a, it, it once again puts, it puts you into a position that you're like, you have gained personal glory, but you can't help your friends as much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm torn on that. I'm not sure. No, about it. I like that a lot. I like that. I like that um you I like the idea of learning something about yourself or your friends through failure and working together. Yeah. Because that kind of like hardship. Because even when you work together, it's because they were struggling. Yeah. And you came to the, or they came to your help or you came to their help. Uh I like that a lot. I'm I'm still not I'm not 100% sold on how advancement works if advancement is necessary. Um and like there's currently no way to like there's no harm track or anything like that. Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah. But there might I, not need to be. There might not need to be. I like the so here's what I think. I yeah. like I know you said mechanic like make them mechanical, but I kind of like the the things you learn about yourself to just kind of be like f- not flavor text but like in that like um, Princess World Truths style, mm, yeah. or even like a light fate mechanic type thing, oh, where, it, yeah. where it's just like it's just a thing that it's true about your character. Yeah, and, and that and can it, even be a thing that like that if you're making a challenge that connects to it, mm-hmm. you roll with an extra dice or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it, re- uh, um, I would, I would make it not roll with an extra die. I would make it reduce the the hit mm, to hit yeah. number because that that yeah. way it keeps the number. So here's so okay. Uh, I like this system. I like this system a lot. So, and hey, t- if you like it, you can use it and sell it. Yeah, and so <laughs> not okay, so that's mine, please. So okay, so here's the other thing. Um, uh, so you start with a pool of dice, a yeah. set number seven or something like that, and then you're splitting those dice into two other pools mm-hmm. of lucha or raton, mm-hmm. and then whenever you're doing one of those things, you're rolling with that pool. Yeah, right. Is there anything that lets you move dice from one pool to the other? I don't know. Um, there could be. 
Uh, definitely, I want it to be that when you're helping somebody, you have to help them with the opposite pool. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh yeah, absolutely. Because that just makes it like, like, hey, your strength wasn't enough. You need some of my caring, or mm-hmm. like, you know, your mousy ways aren't enough. You need, you need muscle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it's all about the duality of the characters. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if 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 having a, a move, maybe, um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I want to think about that. I think the idea could, of moving dice is interesting. Could have something with like lose faith in like one of the options, lose faith in your methods. Yeah, I would say if this were if this were intended to be anything other than a one shot, you would yeah. absolutely need a, a move mechanic, a move die mechanic. If, oh, it's, if we're sticking this to being a one shot, I think that it's probably fine. Yeah. Um, I I think the thing that I like about this, which is a thing that. So if I can just like uh, a thing that I like about this that I think is a weakness of lasers and feelings is that is that lasers and feelings is is stuck on this duality spectrum. It has to be one thing versus another. And and, but I think that because you're talking about a a dice pool, Mm -hmm. you could do three things. Someone could make a hack of this game that talks about. Uh, lasers and feelings and a third thing. Yeah. Um, I, man, <laughs> it's late. My brain was just like, what's the third thing that would go with lasers and feelings? And, and the two things I came up with as possible third uh, aspects were trumpets and monkeys. You know, lasers and feelings and monkeys or lasers and feelings and trumpets. What? I don't know. But clearly oh those are oh the, that, those those are the things that are on the other end of that triad. My brain just panicked and spat out a random other thing. <laughs> My god. Yeah. Lasers and feelings and shields. Lasers yeah. and feelings. Sure, and that's way better. Rockets. Lasers and uh, feelings. You know what would be a great expansion? A great expansion of Luchador Raton would be um, Lucha, Raton, and like reptiles, like or snakes or lizards or some scales, okay. something. And then, and it would be like uh, you would have like dark temptations or something like that. Mm. Like, uh, like, uh, like, because obviously the reptiles like are magic. bad guys. Ooh, magic! There's, yeah, there's lots of magic in mouse fiction and in Lucha. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. A third, a third, I think that that's a, a third thing or a fourth thing, like whatever. I think that y- you couldn't relate it too much, but like it lets you be a little bit flexible. Yeah. There's one other thing that I've considered doing with it. Yeah. Is because this is intended to be a one shot and because it's one piece of paper, sometimes like the small wrestling, I've seen like small wrestling promotion signs that have like the little rip a piece of paper off the bottom mm-hmm. of it things. And I'm like, that's HP right there. Mm. <laughs> but I yeah. I feel like that makes it look more like a college rock band <laughs> than like what uh, I'm going for. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, obviously, you would have a big thing in the middle where you get to draw a picture of your character. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what else? Yeah, I don't, I wonder. So like the other thing would be... Um, Basically fail. So in terms of like, do you need HP or do you need another currency basically I, for your, I think what that. I need more than HP is a thing that pushes towards an end space. Uh, this is something I was actually talking with, uh, uh, Jeff Stormer about, 
just that like lasers and feelings doesn't have a specific yeah. ending point and like that that is t- that can be totally fine but like sometimes you start getting to a point that you're like oh wait we're spinning our wheels where are we going mm-hmm. and so like that is something that i that i'm interested in just in games in general because i think a lot of games have that problem that like you go forever yeah. and who knows when it ends and like even I think there's even games that do have theoretical end states mm-hmm. that don't work. Like, yeah. like, okay, I love Apocalypse World. I love PBTA stuff all the time. Uh, the whole retire a character thing could be viewed as a game end state, but most people like retire their character and then pick up a new one. Yeah. Which then just starts you back into it again. And so there's no end state. And it anymore. doesn't end the story. It just ends. Yeah. That character, character, which is okay, but, like, it doesn't show, like, an end to the game, right? Yeah. Uh, unless you do, like, in, once everyone is, has retired once, then it's over. But then there's the loose ends of all the other characters. Yeah. And so I'd love for there to be a mechanic that is, like, we are building up to X thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is, like, well, like the Doomed, <laughs> again, because I live the Doomed, but, like, <laughs> the Doomed does that. Like, their playbook doesn't really have a retire the character. I mean, yeah. It does sort of, kind but of, it, yeah. But it but it pushes you towards wrapping up that story. Yeah. You know what I'm a little interested in looking at? Uh, Goblin Quest. So Goblin Quest is a game by Grant Howitt, um, and in it you play five goblins in sequence. Um, like each player is five <laughs> goblins. You're uh, in a trench coat. No. <laughs> Not in parallel, in in sequence. Um, so it's like Kobolds Ate My Baby, in that you like your characters die all the time and get new ones, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's kind of like built. It it has like an endpoint also, right? That you have mm-hmm. five goblins and then you're out of goblins. Um, and that game has really clear like clocks going. <laughs> Sorry, just I, laughing. <laughs> my brain is like racing towards developing another dumb game that I'll tell you about in a second. But finish that. Uh, I can tell you that hacks of Goblin Quest include My Name is Inigo Montoya Jr., They Killed Your Father, Prepare to uh. Die, and Sean Bean Quest, Play Five Sean Beans in sequence, not in parallel. Um, but uh, basically you have like really basic tasks that you have to mm-hmm. like get through a clock in order to check out, and your characters die constantly, and the game is structured in a way that like you just go task to task, to task and you know at the beginning what those tasks are Mm -hmm. and that's okay because that's not what the game is about right the game is about playing silly slapstick goblins uh and so i think that is maybe the thing to do with luchador atone that like Mm -hmm. you have to complete x task you have to complete x task and you have to have a big fight at the end and i think that's maybe what the gm sheet looks like this might end up being a two-page game Mm. that the gm has their whole own page i think that's fine I think, I think that's, that's fine. fine. I actually kind of like that I, because that way I can give more. I can give more guidance for the GM. Yeah. Um, so let me talk about this game that popped into my brain really quickly. <laughs> okay. You play five children in a trench coat, and your goal <laughs> is to get into a PG thirteen movie. Okay. Um, but every time you fail or whatever, uh, you lose one of the kids because they get scared, run away, or so get then caught, you. Yeah. Or gonna get caught, and so then you are a shorter adult in a trench coat, and you're and people are more likely to identify you as a kid. So maybe I feel like there's maybe a bell curve on it. 
that like at the very beginning of the game you're very unlikely to succeed because you're a 16 oh, yeah. foot tall person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. You're rolling. You're rolling a d6 for each of your things, and you're trying to end up in kind of that middle range. <laughs> this is so dumb. But this is I love the worst. It. Um, so, uh, you know, okay. So I want to talk about. So talking about the story that we want to tell. Um, something that I would love to see, and I, and I yeah. agree that I. So I agree that some kind of a specific tasks thing is 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 useful because I think one of the problems, something that is very good that I like about the the, the lasers and feelings sort of quick story thing, yeah, is that you roll like four things to des- describe an adventure, but yeah. almost always it is a, it is describing a a want or desire from an mm-hmm. outside force, yeah, and so it doesn't tell you what your characters do. Yeah. Now, um, there was a game that I'm going to talk about um, that is by uh, Polyamorous Q, who is a okay. user on our Discord, uh, and they wrote a game called Hot Librarians, which is <laughs> where the the lasers it's a lasers and feelings hack, um, and it's just absolutely phenomenal. I think it was up on itch, but this was where like the whole conversation about copyright came up so i don't know if it's still there i think they maybe it threw is, it back up on uh, uh for free but it was always pay what you want it, it's phenomenal it's 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 probably i think maybe my favorite lasers and feelings hack period i think i like it better than lasers and feelings it's so <laughs> like I, li- I, I like i cannot stress this enough it's so good <laughs> um and one of the things that i love about it is when you roll on the adventure chart you do things like, so you're establishing one of, there's like a person who wants to do something and uh, to something else, which is something, a third thing. And so it tells you like um, a, uh, a, ru- a, group of rude co- a, group, a group of rude college students are trying to copy a tomb of ancient secrets, um, which is in the banned books list. And certainly you don't have a copy of it in the secret basement of a uh, chamber of the library. And that's like, that's what the adventure is. But I think that the thing that this game does so well is once you've rolled that, so now you've established that there are a bunch of college students who want to copy this old, like old book that's probably in the secret basement. Then you as players, the players get to decide whether or not that is a good thing or not. So it's not necessarily a bad thing that the the, the college students, maybe they should copy this because maybe this book is trapped. And so you can totally like, it's the like, Okay, so there's a pair of demons who want to steal uh, uh, the the greatest love story ever written, but maybe that's good. Like maybe that's the thing that they should be doing, and you get to choose whether that you're going to help or hinder that plot. And so it that's puts so good. It puts some player agency into the story, which is so good. <laughs> that's so good. I like that a lot. I know. And so I think that whatever we do, we should lay out a series of actions. Um, and then and let there sort of be that like positive negative help hinder thing like um are like I, I like to add like the, basically the gm is rolling a story and then the players are sort of like giving some input into whether or not they think it's a good thing or a bad thing so what i kind of pictured is like a little trello board okay uh and like up at the top kind of like maybe a little quick create the adventure thing that's just mm-hmm. like some dice rolls but underneath, essentially, the players plotting out the course that they're going to take yeah. in order to do this thing. So, like, we know that the that the Snake Lord has plans to do X, Y, Z thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we go, okay, 
how are we going to deal with this? The first thing we need to do is rally the people. And so we circle rally the people. And then like from there, we draw a line to the next thing you have to do. Um, and like we have to rally the people, we have to find an ancient artifact, and then we have to go to the big wrestling match. Mm-hmm. And then like have it so that you're doing those three things, but the players are defining how it is those things work. Hmm. Okay. And I was playing with the ideas that the little cards that basically say like, you know, rally the people, mm-hmm. uh, give a bonus of some kind. Hmm. So like once you have finished rallying the people, then you get, then everybody gets plus one dice for mouse. Mm-hmm. Once you have finished finding the ancient artifact, then everybody gets plus one with that artifact or whatever. Um, and like exactly how that works is obviously still up in the air as with yeah, everything yeah. I say. I, um, I want to think about that. I have some, I have some thoughts, but I, I like but the I was, idea of like, I love the rough framework of the sort of Trello like Kanban board. Yeah. And you roll a bunch, maybe you roll on a table and that generates a bunch of sticky notes that go onto the board. Yeah. That's and then, exactly and then what I'm thinking. you do things to move them around as part of the plot. Yeah. And I think having them on sticky notes or note cards that you yeah. hand to the players when it's in effect and is I, a tight thing too. I kind of like the idea of like almost plotting out what the game is going to look like a little bit. Yeah. Ahead of time, because it feels very like it feels very much like uh, people sitting behind the scenes. Well, but it seems it feels specifically to me like um, uh, it's so it's great that you say it feels like Redwall, but it feels like people plotting out what the what the story of a a wrestling event is going to be. Oh, that's so good. One of the options needs to be lose a wrestling match against somebody. Yes. (laughs) Oh, dang. And so like, so what I like about setting up this construction is I think it isn't too much more work than lasers and feelings. Yeah. I think it still is quick and tight and can be done relatively quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think it just, it does things more in the way that I like to do things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I like this a lot. And I'm, I'm gonna really work on into that. This. I'm gonna work on that that world, the story creation system, because I think yeah. that's something that my brain might be good at. Yeah, let's get this game out. Let's do this one. Yes, because I think if we I do know we've this said that one, for all of them, but but no, let's but for, for real, real do this one. Yeah, because I don't think this one will take us too long. If I'm no. being real, um, no. obviously I know nothing about layout, but we'll but figure I, that I can stuff do that. out. I feel pretty confident that I can do that. I'll, so. I'll show you my my piece of garbage. <laughs> sketched out ideas okay um but then for so bringing it back around yeah uh how are we gonna put this thing out in copyright um i mean i think the best thing that i like so obviously uh i like creative commons because that's just like i yeah. think that people should share things free culture all sort of the remix stuff um yeah. i like attribution because obviously you should tell people where you came where you got it yeah and i want to be famous so like yeah you know gotta do that um i so obviously not non-commercial like let people use no, it for whatever let people share um yeah. I, I i i go back and forth on share alike okay um i could go either way i like it but i know that other people are not as so hot on it um basically if we said commercial if we said not commercial and then you and share alike then you would also oh. have to allow people to make derivative works of yours and sell it yeah 
But I think that's which, fine. Like, that's what I like. That's my ideal copyright license, basically. <laughs> but um, it does my, take think, a little bit of control away from people. Yeah, and I think my ideal copyright license is the one that gives the most control to people. Yeah. Um, which would be the... I like the attribution. Just because I think it's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let people or, sorry, sell. Commercial, yeah. Obviously yeah, commercial. Yeah, commercial. Let people sell. And then just, you know, if you do something, if you do something different, you can make it so people can't copy it, I guess. Yeah, I'll just, so... I'll just occasionally get salty at you. Yeah. I think, you I think that that's fine. So I think that if we, when <laughs> we write awful. this game, we will, we will probably release it under a Creative Commons attribution license, which is exactly what Masks did. Yeah, and it'll be commercial. You'll be free to sell it. Um, and then James and I will have a wrestling match in the backyard. Yep. Um, to determine if it's share alike or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but oh, that's so good. I like this game a lot, Brandon. I'm. I like this so much more than its original version. I think its yes. original version didn't quite hit because, like, I love the lasers and feelings, laser feelings thing. I love the hot librarians, hot librarian thing. Yes. Like with it hitting right in the middle. That makes sense yes. to me. It didn't make sense for Luchador Atone. No. Like being the perfect balance of Luchador and Mouse is like a nice, it's a nice thing. It works on some level a little bit, but like I think more important than that is seeing how much they are a dichotomy. And then forcing that teamwork. Well, yeah. Not forcing, but like encouraging the teamwork. And encouraging the teamwork to put a light on that dichotomy, right? Like yeah. that you can have moments that are that are luchador atone moments where where mask and mouse come together in perfect unity, but those can come from two different players, and that's when it really works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. If you I, like, I know that this is just going to be whatever. I love hot hot librarians. Hot librarians <laughs> is a great game. I will go so far as to say hot librarians is like phase two of lasers and feelings hacks in the yeah. way that like that masks is like a second generation from past apocalypse world yeah i i honestly it think is, so too it adds some really great tech that if you haven't if you haven't read it go read the game because it's it's freaking good it's really good uh, also that you can choose pencil as the yes. hot thing about your character is oh it's perfect wonderful it's perfect it's, it's it's delightful this this game is delightful uh okay <laughs> so um let's see also, uh, that like uh, the options on the list. Yeah, uh, literally Let's not even all get of your exes. We're just taunting want people to weaponize. <laughs> just uh, go so. read the game. Go support Polyamorous Q and and all of their work. And uh, if you need to get if you need a link to that, if you can't find the game for some reason, it'll be in the show notes. Um, it'll be in the show notes or reach out to us. Um, if you have any other further copyright questions, definitely feel free to reach out. I will try to answer them. <laughs> um. Again, I'm always on Twitter. The Discord is great. Um, but so you can find us on Twitter together at Stop, Hack, and Roll. Or if you just want to like spare Brandon the, the pain of thinking about copyright, I am individually at End the Meltdowns. And I'm at Dr. Captain Cobalt. Although for the next week, I'm going to be a little, a little ghosty because I haven't seen Endgame yet. Uh. Instead of giving people spoilers for things, you can find all of our episodes and links to some of the games we've been working on at www.stopackandroll.com. You can email us at either James or Brandon at stopackandroll.com. If you like the show and would like to help other people find it, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It makes a huge difference. Also, be sure to check out Game Closet. It's an amazing show that looks at 
conversations with LGBTQ plus game designers and games people and everything like that. And just wonderful deep dives with them. It's amazing. The latest episode was about uh, Grasswatch Games and their new RPG, Sundown, which I believe is still on Kickstarter right now. Ooh. It's fully funded. It's really cool looking. It has like this cyberpunk meets Wild West thing, but in a way that doesn't have like all of the baggage of a lot of really bad cyberpunk. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. I, I like I like cyberpunk that doesn't like make changing your body a bad thing yeah like i i absolutely i know that that's such like a simple view on cyberpunk because i know nothing about the genre as a whole but like every time i see that like you know oh you have a prosthesis your essence went down oh no that's so it's so terrible it's so so gross that's Um. so gross and awful and like this game doesn't just dismiss that it like builds something newer and bigger on top yeah, of it. Yeah, which is cool. And, uh, so go listen to Game Closet. Uh, it's fantastic. I, I had a lot of fun with that episode. <laughs> so uh, coming back to our Patreon, because yes, we did just sorry. hit the thing. Um, we make this podcast and our other podcast, Protean City Comics, uh, with the support of our Patreon backers. Um, and we'd like to thank our newest backers who helped get us over that $150 uh, dollars a Yay. month mark. Uh, and they are Nick and Cameron Robertson and Zach. Uh, as well as thank some old favorites like C. Perrin, Jimmy Rogers, Lon Niedermeyer, Shaban Gartland, Magpie Mirror Test, Rob Harvey, Will, and Aaron Olson. If you would like to support this show and future shows on the Stop, Back, and Roll Network, check us out on patreon.com slash stop, and roll. If you can't support us financially, that is totally fine. Um, like half of this episode was about content that came up in discussions on the Discord. That Those conversations were with people, uh, real people in the community, and that's what we love. That's how you can support us. You can help drive content to the show. Um, <laughs> you can help us drive our game design, make us better. We can help make you better. That's what this whole community is about. Uh, so Discord, come, take the wheel. Yeah, Discord, take the wheel. <laughs> and so you can find you can find that community, become part of it at tinyurl.com slash shrdiscord or discord.stophackandroll.com. As you are listening to this podcast, remember that we do release it with a Creative Commons license, so you can use it for your own products, and you can use this format and remind all of your listeners to stop, hack, and roll. That was the weirdest way I've said stop, back, and roll ever. (laughs) Stop, back, and roll.